Hello and welcome to the Dr. Richard podcast, a show about health, well-being, fitness and humanity. I'm Dr. Richard Marks. Today I'm excited to welcome Anna Pepe. Anna is an executive coach, actor and director. So how are you, Anna? And tell me three things that make you smile. <laughs> <laughs> well, making you smile. Uh, I'm well, by the way. I'm right. very nice <laughs> good, to, to good. be here. I'm very happy. So thank you so much for having me. Of course. <laughs> uh, well, I have a one year and a half toddler. So he makes me smile a oh. lot. It's very sweet. <laughs> I would say that's kind of like you know the prime thing yeah, <laughs> the moment yeah. the first Full thing of joy. Yeah, yeah 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 and um what other things we're looking for two more things two more things so one of the things that makes me smile is sometimes when I I have an idea in my head I have a creative idea in my head when I actually see it come to fruition mm. and people understand that idea I understand what I was trying to say and benefit from it in some way like that that makes me smile and then in general with my with my job like you know as I said I'm an actor but I'm also a coach so I try to help people so whenever I have like a positive feedback there's something that I said or I help them through have had a positive impact on their life. That's also something that makes me smile. Amazing. Well, I want to talk a little bit about how we know each other. Obviously, um, <laughs> we're introduced and we become friends. <laughs> and obviously, I've done some work for your teeth. Yes, yes, so. exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, to, you know, we, we have a common friend, Simone, mm. and he introduced us. And first we became friends. And then I didn't have a good dentist in London. So what, like, struck me about Richard is how warm he is and how well he's like putting you at ease you know sometimes when we go to the dentist there's a lot of stuff that's in our mind and um, I just know that when I come to you I come to a happy place that's good that's good (laughs) it's funny because I always try to say like we want to help people to smile not just through the teeth but Mm. also through that they feel you know at ease and trusting and and those kind of things so that's definitely important to us and so tell us about how you got into acting why did you choose you know to become an actor what led you down that path so um, my story is quite complicated I was a child actor Mm -hmm. Uh, so I started when I was in Italy um, very early then for my parents it wasn't really like a suitable career Mm -hmm. so I always done you know I kept going with acting but I also did a degree in biotechnology So then I moved to London um, on a scholarship doing a PhD at King's College in stem cell research. And that gave me economical independence. But I also started, you know, I kept studying because I really wanted to uh, be an actress. So I did some part-time courses. And then when I finished my PhD, eventually, that's when I, you know, I did a full-time course. Uh, I did a diploma at Guildhall and and then I went on like not just study acting but also studying um, screenwriting and a bit of directing in, in the following years. So, um, But I used my PhD um, because I started to work with a lot of companies as a coach. So I studied as an um, uh, executive coach and transformational coach uh, and so I could bring, you know, 
to gather my scientific part and the artistic part. So that's kind of like my whole journey, which wasn't like, you know, so straightforward. But at the same time, I think all the paths link, uh, lead to the same thing, which is like, you know, being an artist. I think that even like um, a scientist is kind of an artist. So you need to have that creative mind. I think in every job, you need to have that creative mind. So it's not true that you have two different minds, the scientific and the artistic one. And when you learn that one feeds the other, that's when you function better, I think. Of course. So um, what about directing? How did that come about? It came because I kind of, first I wrote um, a sketch comedy about Italians in London. And uh, being a sketch comedy, like it made sense that like we were directing it as well because it was me and, you know, my uh, scene partner. Because it was basically us. We were the, the characters on the show. So it, it was very linked to the comedic timing of it. And then um, being a screenwriter, I wrote a few scripts, have been acquired and produced. I then felt like, you know, I could actually direct my first short film. And uh, it, it, it came at a really good time for me because I was also pregnant. So I thought, why not have a pregnancy project and direct a short film? Um, but also, like, when you become so involved in a story, you don't feel like, okay, this is the screenplay, I'll handle it. Uh, I just give it to somebody else, you know. You, you, you kind of like, okay, can I do this? Yes, because I, I started it, I've done it before. So maybe with the right organization and help you know, I can direct this story, you know. Yeah, and t so tell us a little bit about this short film. And I know that, um, you know, it's been received very well and also, you know, it went to Cannes. Yes, so Miss Agatha, it's called the short film, is a story about a girl who has uh, PTSD after uh, violence, domestic violence um, from her ex-boyfriend. Uh, the novelty is the tone, so it's told a bit as a um, dramedy as a comedy drama. So you see this girl who looks a bit like a Bridget Jones, kind of a funny character. So at the beginning you laugh uh, with her or of her, and then you realize that, you know, she doesn't have it all together because, you know, she's experiencing trauma. And I wanted to talk about it because uh, we don't talk enough about the aftermath of violence. We kind of think that in the moment that, you know, the person who caused the violence is not there anymore and the person is fine. It's all resolved. In instead, it's not like this, you know. Uh, these people cannot um, have a normal life. But that doesn't make the news. It doesn't make the news if you can't have a normal relationship, if you can't have a career because you're blocked by... Um, all the symptoms that then, you know, a PTSD experience gives you. Um, so I want you to talk about that. And in this journey, I don't want to say too much, but uh, she encounters what could be her Prince Charming, uh, who is a refugee from Gambia. And my actor was really a refugee. He, he wasn't a professional actor. Um, so like this person could be for her a new beginning 
but she may be not ready to see him in that light. I don't want to say too much, yeah, yeah, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, it definitely leaves us interested <laughs> to see the film. And I, I think it's going to come on release eventually here. You know, obviously it takes time. To yeah. So now it's going through the festival. As you mentioned, we started with the Clermont-Ferrand, which is a very good festival for short films. And then he went to the um, to Cannes, and we we won a prize in uh, the Venice Film Festival Amazing. as um, best screenplays, you know, the Starlight uh, Award. And he's now is going around festivals, um, you know, around the um, the globe actually, because <laughs> we went to America, we went uh, England, we went to Brighton, um, Brighton Rocks Film Festival, and other festivals. Uh, so yeah, eventually, what happens to a short film is like it goes through the festival circuit. It's, you try to win some awards <laughs> and then it eventually lands to a platform. Nowadays, there, there's much more market for feature uh, for short films than when it was before because yeah. yeah. people are more used to see like even a shorter narrative arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like them. I really like I've seen quite a few short films and I really enjoy them. You know, but I think you have to be really good, like you said, with the screenplay for the short film, because it has to hold your attention over that period. And it, you've got to fit quite a lot within yeah. that short space. You know, like you said, the narrative arc from beginning, middle to end within a very short time. So and it's got to have all the ups and downs and things. And then there's usually um, a shift at the end. Yeah. The narrative of the short film. There's a little bit <laughs> that we said, end. Like, you know it's coming, but you don't you know, know why. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes it so, so interesting. So um, what about executive coaching? Um, how did you get into that? <clears throat> so as I mentioned, when I was uh, finishing my PhD, I was contacted by some consulting companies because they were hiring PhDs to go on their teams. And that's when I was first introduced to the concept of coaching in companies and how it works. Then, you know, a lot of actors also do corporate acting. So they do role plays, etc. So I was doing also all that. Um, and I felt like it was something that uh, it was really fitting my personal goals. The fact of helping other people's skills. I think emotional intelligence has always been uh, something that I valued a lot, um, what now they call soft skills. But oh, yeah. we know that soft skills are hard work. <laughs> yeah. It's not that easy that, you know. Of course. Um, so I just thought that that was very interesting. Uh, interesting, And then, you know, I, you know, obviously I went down a path of getting qualified and study a bit further and then from then develop my, uh, my private you know, practice company and then at the same time working for other companies as well. Mm -hmm. And you get to use some of your kind of biotechnology skills in some ways. Cause I yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times, like when you get into companies, for example, in my like a pharma company or something like that, you will, you or NHS or you would deal with people that you dealt with before. So when you're talking about, clinical trials or the stress of a clinical trial you know what they mean or like you know if you are um, 
exposed to the process that they're going through. Obviously, we work on behavior, so we don't work on the specific context, you know, and the behavior is uh, kind of the same as for everyone. But at the same time, I would say that having some specific training in the um, uh, field that you're going to, like, you will at least uh, make you understand the room a bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's good if you can kind of empathize with what they are going through, obviously, and you can really understand it. What was it like growing up in Italy? And why did you eventually move to London? So I grew up in Ferrara, Hmm. which is a small city in the north of Italy. Uh, Very beautiful. Um, And... uh, just a very happy, I would say, childhood. And it was uh, interesting to have that small city upbringing because everything was easier. You know, if I had to go somewhere, I could just take my little bike and go. Um, Is it near Milan? What's the biggest city near I will say between Venice and Bologna. Okay, Venice and Bologna, yeah. And um, it's a nice medieval town with a big castle. And so... It, it was nice growing up there. Then, obviously, uh, already when I was in high school, I did um, a period abroad, uh, an exchange, and I went to Scarborough, Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lovely place. <laughs> I mean, Yorkshire is lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I, I kind of, you know, it was very different from what I was used to. But I, you know, for me, it gave me so much more. Um, an international outlook, you know, and um, I really liked England because I liked the uh, power that was given to new writing. Mm. Um, so, for example, in, in Italy, Pirandello is still considered a contemporary artist. Mm. And I love Pirandello, but it was the 1900s, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was coming here, I would go to the National Theatre at the time and they were doing Greenland, I think. It was uh, a show on uh, global warming mm. and it was all new writing, all, you know. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, I, I, you know, I've always written my own stuff. So for me, it was a country who was really uh, investing into uh, new authors, new writing, new voices. Um, and I really liked that. So... Uh, I had this idea that London was my favorite city, but I didn't really know how to get there. (laughs) Um, Also, like, you know, uh, it's expensive. So I needed like a kind of like economic plan to make this happen. And lucky enough, because I did my uh, undergrad, then I won a PhD studentship that was giving me a stipend to come to London and, you know, a way to provide for myself. And from that, like, I kind of managed to expand and eventually <laughs> do what I really wanted to do, which was, you know, more like the filmmaking uh, and coaching <laughs> way. So but I'm, I'm grateful to science. I'm yeah, grateful to science and my PhD. You're a doctor, right? Then. Yeah, you're a doctor yeah. In the PhD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I published Amazing. articles are going well. <laughs> Stem cells in cardiovascular research. Oh, wow, which is very much uh, <laughs> of the moment. <laughs> yeah, I actually like discovered the uh, gene that was called NRF3 and how this gene was helping uh, differentiating stem cells into smooth muscle cells. Mm-mm. I still remember. That. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's it. It's a really fascinating 
area, obviously. You also travel to LA quite a lot. What made you go to the US as well? And what do you think of the US compared to now, comparing it to London? Italy. And Scarborough. <laughs> and, Scar- and Scarborough. <laughs> Scarborough and LA is a bit of a jump. Um, I think a lot of actors in London will know this. Basically, the US market is the next step after the UK market. Um so a lot of my friends were going to LA. Uh, I started going as well. And then I saw that there was interest, I could find an agent. So I eventually applied first for a visa, then for an EB1, which is a green card for special talent. So I got my green card. Because, uh, you know, the first thing about the US, a lot of times, they're like, you need a work permit to work there. <laughs> so like, you can just go. Of course. <laughs> so... It requires a bit of an effort. So now that, you know, all my work permits are fine, um, I I got stopped a bit because first we had COVID and then we had the strikes, but now it's finished. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I will go there more often. And um, I mean, it's... Um, Going to LA for an actor is like going to, I don't know, Lourdes for a Catholic. You know, it, it's a bit like it's the place to be. Of course. It's the place where the business is, is uh, the, the, the top of the businesses. So I think if, you know, just for experience, just for see how it is, I will encourage people to go. To see, it's just like something. If that's your job, that you should at least experience once in a lifetime. If then you think it's for you, then you can, you know, investigate it further to see how you know to work there. And um, it's a very inspiring place. It's a very difficult place. It's a very competitive place. So it's like the Olympics of the acting world. Yeah. But at the same time, it is exciting. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, I would encourage people to go. Yeah, I guess for some people, it inspires them and pushes them further. And then other people, it, they don't quite feel like they belong. So I know. think the key is having any anyway support system mm. of friends mm-hmm. which could be like i have some italian friends there i have some british friends there and i'm starting slowing to make you know more american friends mm. uh, but because you know obviously it's so competitive and it's so big and so dispersed you know if you don't have a support system you might feel lonely mm-hmm. uh, but that's i think in general in everything yeah yeah and uh, especially in an artistic career you I think you need to have a very solid uh, life personal life because that will guide you you know yeah 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 at least you've got some foundation to Mm. build on so um we like to talk a little bit about kind of wellness and how you know you incorporate that so how would you kind of incorporate fitness and wellness and nutrition so I think it's part of building resilience. Uh, I, it's funny because I actually teach this in my <laughs> coaching. Or teach us. <laughs> in coaching a lot. So uh, when you talk about resilience, and now we know the resilience is so important, like, you know, um, 80% of like the most successful leaders, we know that they use and even more, like they are, you lose a lot of like emotional intelligence. And I think uh, nowadays, when we went through COVID, there's also a new um, 
idea of leadership, which is less performance based and more like emotional intelligence based. So, you know, from, you know, personal point of view, from a professional point of view, I would say resilience is a very, very, very important uh, skill to have. And the way that you build resilience is in uh, different ways. And they are all very important. One is physical. So you can build physical resilience with you know, going to the gym, doing some kind of sports, go for a walk. Then there is um, a mental resilience. So what do you do mentally that keeps you focused and, you know, or, you know, keeps you um, understanding what, the, what it is that you have to do, keeps you dealing with stress, etc. Then there is social resilience. And is what we were talking about, having friends, having family, dedicate time to build that. And then the spiritual resilience. This doesn't mean like you need to, you know, have a God or, but, you know, the, a spiritual aspect of some kind, uh, which could also just mean having your own ethics. Absolutely. Uh, that will help you moving forward. Mm. So, you know, just have in mind that you have those four fields and you know some of us might have one that they usually go to okay so I'll go to the gym and but what happens in stressful times is one might not be enough mm -hmm. so you need to explore other kinds of you know resilience well-being to kind of make it up for it mm. so just know that you have all this spectrum and you know I, I do well in this, but not so much in that. Maybe I can do that a bit more. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important. And it's kind of having those tools, isn't it? They could say you've got to have the tools and, and obviously put them into action. Talk to us about travel other uh -huh. than obviously those places <laughs> we've already talked about. Um, but do you, you like to travel outside of work? Yeah. So... I travel for work quite a lot in the sense that it's not just Italy, UK, Los Angeles, but it, you know, if I go to a festival, I've just been to Arizona for a festival. I've never been to Arizona before or, you know, a lot of places in Italy. So what I do is when I travel, I try to at least give myself an extra day to explore a little bit. So for what we were saying about resilience as well, so this idea of I have time for work, but I also have time to enjoy the place. Um, so I like to do that, um, make the most of my work trips. In between, uh, so I will say that when I have holidays, I like to stay at home because I travel so much. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to carve out some family holidays, um, usually at the beach. Yeah, I, yeah. just to I relax. I yeah, I love the beach, the heat. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes even without traveling, I have a day or an afternoon off at the museum. Mm. It's something that I like to do in London. There's so many beautiful museums and cause there's nothing that detaches myself from reality than art. Mm. I think when I'm in those places, it's like, I don't think I immerse myself in beauty. I just walk around, get inspired. So that's something, you know, even if it's not traveling, I think you can find a few hours off just enjoying what's around you. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, like, Italian artists are amazing, obviously, <laughs> but then there's anything from, like, very modern art to, to traditional that you can experience in London. 
Yeah, no, it's, um, I, I would say every time I walk into one of those museums, it's a mystical experience. Yeah, it's really, and everybody can take something different. So uh, what, are there things that you miss about Italy, would you say? Well, I um, I travel quite a lot back there, so I, I you know this is something that helps me. Uh, I think the easiness of the connections with people, um, but that's that will be the same in every big city. So because I come from a slight Smaller. small town, it's easier to you know call up a friend and say, okay, like can we meet for an aperitivo, you know, or like <laughs> a, a drink in the square. And it doesn't, it's just the, the fact that it's so sudden and it's so like, you know, spontaneous in a way. Mm. And here it's very difficult to do that because everybody is busy, everybody is all over the places. To meet, you need to plan like two weeks in advance. Um, so, yeah, that spontaneity is a bit... Uh, what I miss. I mean, you can do it in London, in your neighborhood, maybe. Yeah, yeah, with your communities and yeah, things like that. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, people said um, British people go to the pub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now there is, like, starting to have cafe culture as well, you know, and that comes from European, probably. I get a pub near my house. You have a pub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some pubs are amazing, yeah. you know. That's like I go to the Fentiman pub. Oh, that's a good one. Fentiman Road. <laughs> it's very nice. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. All these pubs become famous, you know. <laughs> so, what are your plans for the future? <laughs> Obviously, okay, from a business point of view, expand my um, coaching business. Uh, and instead, from a more artistic point of view, um, obviously, the, the acting, uh, you know, um, I have a TV series coming up that I did as an actress. It's called Concordia. It's an international TV series. It was now in the MIPCON in Cannes. Um, so looking forward to that and, you know, doing some more acting jobs. As a filmmaker, I'm developing the two feature films. Like, one is, funny enough, in Yorkshire. Oh, great. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and the other one is uh, the long film version of Miss Agatha. So you can find some um, details about the film on the page Miss Agatha Film. It's on Instagram and uh, Facebook. I'm Anna-Elena Pepe. And, we, and Facebook and Instagram as well. And my uh, coaching company is called uh, Phoebus Coaching. Amazing. So there's quite a lot on the plate. Yeah, yeah. It but seems like you like to have kind of different projects. I think it comes from uh, the fact of having done art and science. Like, I think one thing feeds in another. Mm. As long as you are organized, obviously, I like to be... When I work on something, I'm really focused on that. But I think that having a few different things helps you focus better on each of them. Yeah. At least this is how I function, oh, and not everybody functions the same. But they do say as well, it's good to use both the left and right yeah. areas of the brain because you're using obviously creativity and scientific. So that keeps us balanced. And in some ways, if we're only expressing one part, then you don't always feel so kind of complete. No yeah, way. no, I agree. I, well, at least, you know, every, every one of 
everyone is different. But mm. I've learned during the years that this is how I function. So, mm, mm, mm. Well, it's even like people can have creativity in science, the way that they write their papers and the way that they obviously presentations and things like that. So it's not, there are ways to express it in different also how you plan an experiment it's very creative because mm. you're actually trying to solve, to solve a problem that nobody has solved before mm. so you sit and think what do i do what can i do you know amazing well thank you so much <laughs> <laughs> it was a real journey through everything from italy scarborough <laughs> london la <laughs> scarborough really stayed we're, we're with featuring you. it here <laughs> now everybody's gonna want to go <laughs> but yeah i think it's really interesting to hear you know how your journey came and mixing the science with artistic and obviously your projects coming up so um we'll keep all the banners details and links in the show notes and thank you guys for listening um, if you like today's show please rate and review wherever you get your podcast it was presented by me dr richard marks for more about me i'm on at dr underscore richard double underscore or visit my website www.drrichardlondon.com this is a pop people production and the music is by delhi music and we will see you next time Bye.